Welcome. Well, you're at home with Jim and Joy, and you are an important part of our EWTN family. And here we are, and we are delighted to be Amen. with you. So send us an email with a question or a comment to Jim and Joy at EWTN.com. And today our guest is Dr. Michael Horn. Now, Dr. Horn is a clinical psychologist who has specialized in child therapy. And he's written a wonderfully helpful book. I think it's important if you're a parent or a grandparent on implementing strategies for managing technology use in a family and in your home environment. And this great book is The Tech Talk, Strategies for Family in a Digital World. And it's available at EWTNRC. Dot com. Well, I thoroughly enjoyed our conversation with Dr. Horn yesterday and enriching, um, but I think it's a clarion call to the whole world, <laughs> like to wake up and like, what are we doing? Um, and to say, maybe we need to assess this. Do we even do that? Are we even doing that? Or are we just all going down the stream and it's just going and time is passing and we don't even know our spouse. We don't even know our children. And, you know, yeah. it, we have to pay attention. It's an incredible book, The Tech Talk Strategies for Families in a Digital World. And so he's, he's able to paint the landscape of, of media. We're a part of the media, the yes. largest. The good part of it. Yeah, the largest religious network in, in the world. So we're not negative on media or social media, but... You know, you got to know where you're going, what you're doing, what you're listening to. And of course, he's a clinical psychologist, so he's, he's saying, you know, what, what this is like for children, mm -hmm. taking it in, and what could happen to them. And then he's a, he's a godly Catholic man mm -hmm. who's talking about, are we a real family? Are we an engaged family? Do we know what it means, the Catholic teaching, of being a human person, mm -hmm. being in human relationships, having genuine encounters versus, versus social media encounters? So th this is like uh, catechesis. Yes for us as, as married couples and for our children so that they would delight in the Lord and not the things of this world. And they would know for the purpose to which they were born. Amen. And, and the, the problem is, and so maybe you're hearing this and you're going, oh, we're fine. Look at it. Yeah. Maybe you need to reset. Yeah. Maybe you need to, you know, just dial it back some and say, how did we get this far? Because you've got one opportunity to form and disciple and to raise those children up to be holy men and women of God. Don't miss the opportunity to do that. So we'll be right back. There's plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back. We're at home with Jim and Joy, and today our guest again is Dr. Michael Horn. Dr. Horn is a clinical psychologist who has specialized in child therapy, and he has four children of his own, and he has written a wonderfully helpful book on implementing strategies for managing technology use in your family and in your home environment. And I think we all need to heed the warning. The title of the book is called The Tech Talk, 
Strategies for Families in a Digital World, and it's available at EWTNRC.com. And it is. It's like the sex talk. You know, we mm -hmm. had four kids. We have to have this conversation. And as comfortable as that always was for me, right. I mean, and I taught sex and family education in the public schools mm -hmm. and everything. But, you know, you got your own. It, it, there was an innocence, you know, and I was just like, I don't want to go there, you mm -hmm. know, and but we had to go there. And so it's it's par up there with the sex talk in the formation of your family as the tech talk like when who makes up these rules when we get phones how we get phones how we live how we be how we do mm -hmm. before we go there first tell our family about the book what they can expect in it and then we have so many things to cover sure the hope in writing the book was just to raise awareness to raise awareness for parents and for families about not just what the impact technology has on all of us, not just kids, but adults as well. And then more importantly, what do we do about it? Are we having intentional conversations to find out what is the role we want this to play in our families? Like you said earlier, we're not saying all technology is bad. Right. We're not saying that we want to just destroy everything and go happily live in the Victorian era. What we want is balance. We want intentional decisions so that we are the ones choosing what makes sense for our kids and our families uniquely, as opposed to taking a one-size-fits-all approach where we just bring everything in because everybody else is doing the same mm -hmm. thing. Yeah. And, you know, it's... When, when our children, we got our first computer, I don't know, decades ago. You know, Dial-up. Dial-up, <laughs> whatever. But it was still getting you on online and sure. visiting places and stuff was popping up that you never should have mm -hmm. seen, didn't even ask for it and was coming on. And I just thought to myself, you know, when, when the first child that was beginning to use I said, you know what, this brings them to the entire world. Yep. And maybe it didn't at that time, I don't know, but look, my kid's going everywhere in the world and I've got streets and alleys in my city, I would never let him go down. Mm -hmm. Am I just gonna let him be on this thing and going all over the world, really? Mm -hmm. uh, you know, and so I think it's the same thing with this. It's only increased. Right. Like, where are you going? What are you doing? I don't know these people. I don't know these places. And you discuss this in your book to some degree, because a lot of kids are like, uh, well, y you're, you're infringing upon my privacy. Mm -hmm. um, you don't trust me. Yep. So why don't you answer those? Sure. Those are, you've hit upon the yeah. two things that parents often bring to me, to say, these are the things my kids are going to say. You know, what you're saying sounds good, but what do I do when my kid says, wait a second, how come I have to do this when nobody else has to do this? Or what, what have I done that makes you think that you can't trust me? Right. At some point, my children will learn how to drive. And this is going to terrify me. Not because my kids <laughs> won't be excellent yeah. drivers, I'm sure they will, but they're not driving on empty roads. So the reason that I'm going to be a mess until they pull the car back into the parking lot, into the driveway rather, is there are other people out there too. Mm -hmm. It's the same with the internet. So when I hear kids say, don't you trust me? Of course I trust you. Yeah. It's everybody else out there that I don't trust and I don't know them and I don't know their intentions. And we would be naive to assume every single person's intentions are good and noble, they yeah. simply are not. Yeah. So with the distraction <clears throat> of technology, what does an engaged family look like? 
in 2023. Sure. What's an engaged family look like? That seems to be a big burden of yours in, in a great way. I mean, mm -hmm. you, you think it's just going to all be about technology in this book and this and that. You're saying, like, what's an engaged family? What does it mean to be family? How does this facilitate it or it doesn't facilitate it? Do you know how to really be together? Because right. if you don't do that in the home, they're going to be looking for something you know, out there, which is just so remote from that, it's mm -hmm. incredible. So, yeah, what is an engaged family? No, that's absolutely right. We have to understand what we're trying to get to so we know when we get there. Otherwise, it's like looking at a map and saying, well, I don't want to go to Detroit. Well, there are a lot of places that aren't Detroit. Some mm -hmm. of them are good, some mm -hmm. of them mm -hmm. not. Mm -hmm. So to me, an engaged family is an antidote actually to this idea of the good Catholic family. I've heard this in my practice all the time. People will come in and say, well, you know, my marriage has fallen apart. I've got a terrible relationship with my kids, but what am I supposed to do? Because in the community, in the parish, we're seen as a good Catholic family. Mm -hmm. We're there in the front, you know, we're not late for mass, everybody's presentable, but then we all go home and we scatter. Mm. And to me, a family has to be more than a collective of people who share a mailing address and live under the same roof. We have to be engaged. And I think that there are four key elements to being an engaged family. I think that we need, as parents, but throughout the whole family, we always have to communicate unconditional love for each other. I think it's really important that we are very clear and consistent in our expectations. I think that we need to be able to take responsibility when we make a mistake. Parents oftentimes will say, well, I can't apologize to my kids because I'm gonna lose my parental authority. And that's nonsense. Mm -hmm. Parenting is about modeling what healthy relationships looks like. And part of a healthy relationship is being able to apologize. One of the things I do is that I work with a lot of couples. And I think that one of the reasons that couples in this country have so many difficulties yeah. is we have two generations of people who believe you never argue in front of the kids. Mm -hmm. And that's actually not true. Research shows that the happiest and healthiest couples are the ones that if they disagree, are able to pull themselves back together, apologize and move forward hand in hand. And if you can model that to your kids, you are setting up something wonderful. You're teaching your kids how to resolve conflict appropriately. You're teaching your kids in being willing to apologize. I love you so much. I'm willing to put the time into this relationship and ask for your forgiveness. Mm -hmm. I'm willing to lean in and say, I was wrong. You are worth more to me than being right. And the fourth component of engaged families, you have to, you have to enjoy spending time together. And I know that sounds obvious, but it's actually more complicated, I think, than we realize sometimes, because often we assume, well, here's what I like and here's what you like. And you guys have four kids. It's rare mm -hmm. that, that any of us have the same interests as all of our kids. So as parents, we need to reach out and find out what they are interested in, reach into to their worlds. My dad did a wonderful job of this in, in, in my own life. Um, so my father is a petroleum engineer, and he played football. Um, I, he was a football player at LSU. Um, I am a big baseball fan. My father never understood baseball because it was that <laughs> sport mm -hmm. that you carried a bat and didn't use for some reason. And it wasn't contact and he just thought, what's the point? Yeah. Mm -hmm. And I loved baseball. And we were living in Houston and the Houston Astros opened up a, a big new stadium downtown. And I worked downtown at the time. And I called my dad at one point. I said, hey dad, do you wanna, do you wanna go to the, the game with me? And he said, well, maybe. I mean, I'm not really into baseball. I said, dad. 
Dad, this stadium has a retractable roof. Mm -hmm. Well, the engineer part of his brain said, a retractable roof, oh, great. So we go, and the seventh inning comes, and they roll the roof back. My dad's watching the, yeah. the roof roll back, and he's just amazed yeah. by this. The next week, I ask again. I said, hey, do you want to go to the, to the game with me? He said, absolutely. Mm -hmm. You know, so we go, yeah. and this, the, the seventh inning comes, the roof rolls back. My dad's telling me all this stuff about the roof, how they tested it, how they stress tested it. Third week, hey, Dad, do you want to go to a game with me? Yeah, sure, I'd love to. So we go to the game, and it's raining. Yeah. Seventh inning comes, they don't roll the roof back. <laughs> yeah. And at the end of the game, I said, Dad, I'm really sorry about the roof. He said, I don't worry about it. I don't care about the roof. I'm just happy to be here with you. Best. I was so touched by that, and that really has modeled how I want to engage my kids. It's not about what I'm interested in and having them come to me. It's about me knowing what's, what matters to them. And, and entering their worlds that way. Yeah, and that is so important. We have to model that mm -hmm. as parents. And it's like, well, I don't like this, and I will, too bad. Mm -hmm. We have to do this. Sure. And, you know, I used to always tell my children that I was sorry because I yelled a lot. And, um, and so, but one night in my sorry, mm -hmm. um, to my son, I'm so sorry I yelled at you. The child came back at me and said, Mama, We'll forgive you. You know we're going to forgive you. But when are you ever going to change? <laughs> right? And then the sword pierced sure. my heart. And sure. I walked down the stairs. It was like, Lord, change me. Yeah. Deliver me from this. This is not right. Yeah. You know, because I could say I'm sorry. I could mm -hmm. I could try and model forgiveness and unconditional love. But I, there's got to be changed behavior, too. There really does. And so even with technology, when we yeah. see it, encroaching in our mm -hmm. marital relationship, in our family life, and we see it with our grandchildren and everything. You know, when do we say, I, I did that wrong? Mm -hmm. You know, do we have the courage to yeah. say, we did that wrong, let's, let's reset? Because mm -hmm. it takes courage to reset. It does, and I think we have to have the humility to say, okay, where am I now? And is this actually where I want to be? Because we all have the ability to change. We have the ability to do things differently. But we have to identify what it is that we are doing that needs to change. So basic questions like, okay, how much TV time are we spending? Mm -hmm. How many screens do we have? Where do we have those screens? What's our pattern of behavior with screens? One of the things I think is incredibly important, all screens should be in public areas. That's a really important thing because there's an accountability piece there, but it also shows that this is something we're trying to centralize in one area. It doesn't have the ability to, to wander places. It shouldn't be in our bedrooms. Mm -hmm. It certainly shouldn't be in the bathroom, mm -hmm. which, as a side note. That's, to, I can't believe I was in the, uh, the yeah. ball game on Saturday, mm -hmm. and there was a woman in the women's bathroom on the telephone. Mm -hmm. what, we've lost our mind. She will we go have. unnamed. Uh, I'm <laughs> just like, what are we doing about the bathroom and the telephone? Well, so two important things <laughs> to remember about, about smartphones. One, they are incredibly expensive, sophisticated pieces of technology. And two, they do really poorly when you drop them in water. Right. So why are we bringing these things into the bathroom in the first place? We need to be aware of this. It doesn't have to come with us everywhere. <laughs> my wife was a great witness of this to me. When I first got my smartphone, which I had to get for work, I, I fought it for years and years, I'd had it for about a week. And uh, my wife, in a very gentle and loving way, said, hey, can I, can I talk to you? Sure, what's up? She said, um, I'm worried that you're on your phone a lot. I know you've only had it a week, but I want to make sure that we're actually setting the place for this thing now. 
does it always need to be in your pocket when you're home? Mm. I said, that's a great point. It doesn't. Mm -hmm. So at our house, the phones stay on a table by the front door. Mm -hmm. If I happen to go past it, I can check to see if somebody's texted me or emailed me or check a score. Mm -hmm. But it doesn't need to physically be on me all the time. Mm -hmm. I want to make sure that I can walk away from it so it doesn't have control over me. And the example that that sets for the rest of the kids as well, mm -hmm. to say, look, this is a tool, but it would be silly if I was walking around with a hammer all the time thinking, well, I might see a nail that I need right. to do something with. Mm -hmm. No, you put the tool in the toolbox and you walk away until you need it. Mm -hmm. Well, I don't bring my phone into my bedroom when I sleep mm -hmm. at night. I just don't. We, I, we never had a television in our bedroom mm -hmm. and, and we just, we just didn't, that was not a place for a TV. And we did premarital mm -hmm. counseling and we yeah. told everybody yeah. to do that. And so, so the, there are things that you have to say, okay, that was a good decision, that was a helpful decision, and, but the phone does have to have a place to live and it doesn't sure. have to be a body part of mine. Right. Right. right, and so this is where it lives, and it's okay, and like, I'm in charge of you, I'm not a slave mm -hmm. to you, to everything that we do. Mm -hmm. We have to be in moderation. That's right, and I think it's important to set household rules. The expectation can't be one thing for the kids, but something else for mm. parents. If I have the phone at the, the dining room table, and I'm saying, well, I'm checking, I'm checking a work email, my kids aren't gonna look at that and think that that's more or less significant than them playing a game, all they're going to see is dad's on his phone at the table. In this moment, the phone, the phone is more important than engaging with the family. Mm -hmm. So if there is a set charging station where everybody's devices go, at a set time, at 10 o'clock at night, if all, the, if all the devices go in a basket somewhere, here's something we can do as well. Phones still have the ability to turn off. Mm -hmm. I upgraded my phone about two years ago, and they had changed it so I couldn't figure out how to turn it off. So I called the help desk for my particular smartphone. And you would have thought that I had asked how to grow a tail. Oh, I said, yeah. like, what, yeah. what, what do you, you want to do? do? I said, yeah. I'm trying to figure out how to turn it off. They mm -hmm. said, oh, no, you can, you can mute it. I said, that's not what I'm trying to do. I want to physically turn the phone off. Mm -hmm. And the person I was on the phone with said, hang on, let me go check. But it took about five minutes to say, oh, you gotta push this and push this and hold that. Mm -hmm. It's designed to be on all the time. And that's not a good thing for us. Mm -hmm. We talk about you know, the, the dangers of isolation, but we don't wanna lose sight that it's important to have solitude sometimes. It's important to silence the noise, mm -hmm. cut out the static. We don't always need to be on. We can actually focus intentionally on the family and on our relationship with God. And you, but in that, everything is intentional mm -hmm. in that you only have 24 hours in a day mm -hmm. and you have to create that sacred space. Yes. You have to say, this is where this lives. This is, this is I'm not gonna bring my phone into my quiet time. I'm gonna sit here with Jesus. I'm gonna read my Bible. I'm gonna pray with my husband mm -hmm. and I don't need the phone here. Um, and, but we have to, Everything, it's work it and work. it's intentional. Mm -hmm. But if we don't stop and reset right. now, we won't know who our children are or our grandchildren. Very true, and it is work, but it's worth it. We can't mm -hmm. passively back into these things. Case in point, if I didn't make it a priority to tell my wife I love her mm -hmm. when I get home tonight, well, I might not say that today. Well, if I don't say it today, maybe I don't say it tomorrow. Mm -hmm. If I don't say it tomorrow, I could go a week without saying I love my wife. If I'm always passively waiting for that opportunity. The things that really matter the most to us are the things that we set as a priority. Mm -hmm. I'm going to say I love you to my wife. 
I'm going to get to Mass. I'm going to spend time with my family. We need to make sure that we are doing the same thing in limiting screens and the impact that it has, the bandwidth it eats up mm. in our day. Well said. I'm going to hold you over for the final segment. There's so much that you're sharing that's so important for the family. It's the Tech Talk Strategies for Families in a Digital World, available at EWTNRC.com. We'll be right back. Plenty more to come. Don't go away. Welcome back, having such an important conversation, the Tech Talk Strategies for Families in a Digital World. Dr. Horn, we just have a few minutes left and we just want to turn you loose in terms of saying some of the most important things you think our family needs to hear. Sure. At its core, I wrote this book with the hopes that families will be able to really stop and think not just about what role technology plays in their lives, but also the family overall, the relationships that we yeah. have. We have to have strong relationships with our kids so they can bring concerns to us and they know that they can do that in a way that it's gonna be received with love and with compassion. I think it's incredibly important that we are speaking to our kids, that we are engaging with our kids because otherwise they will engage with other people. Mm. And it's so paradoxical to me. Years ago, when kids would be dropped off at the mall, the, the last things their parents would say would be, don't talk to strangers. strangers. Mm -hmm. yeah. mm -hmm. But we're allowing this to take place in our own homes, mm -hmm. under our own roofs right now. We don't know who our kids are talking to. We need to learn. Yeah. We need to know who they're talking to, know what they're doing, and within that, strengthen those family relationships so we have the opportunity to grow and flourish together. There was a young man that I worked with years ago. He said something I'll never forget. He said he really wanted his family to spend more time together. And he was 10, and I said, well, mm -hmm. what would you guys like to do, like play a video game? And he stopped and he said, no, I, I want us to play Monopoly together. Mm -hmm. I said, Monopoly? I'm thinking he's a 10-year-old CPA in training. Mm -hmm. I said, okay, help me understand that. Why Monopoly? He said, well, when we're playing Monopoly, we can all see each other. Mm. When we're playing video games, we're all staring at the screen. Mm -hmm. That was such an insightful piece of wisdom from such a young man, the recognition that it's not the activity, it's the connection, it's the engagement, it's the opportunity to turn toward each other mm -hmm. rather than all being distracted, looking at the same thing. Yeah, that it's is so important. Said. You know, at Thanksgiving, as, as we're coming in this calendar, autumnal year, time of year, we, we have a game, it's called the pumpkin game. And what we do is we just put it in questions and we pass the pumpkin around. And over the years, I mean, our grandchildren yeah. so look forward to that mm -hmm. because we're, we're learning, we're hearing stories about Babo, like, you know, what was the worst thing you did in high school? Yeah. Well, with discretion, yeah. you know, <laughs> he'll say. Uh, oh, they know. actually <laughs> tell us your worst sins. Yeah. You can throw that out. <laughs> so you can't do you that. You know, but, but, it, but it's that whole point, you know, to hear that heart cry of that 10-year-old yeah. boy. I just want to see their faces. I want to be with them. I want to, yeah. I want to hear their heart. I want to know them, and more than that, I want them to know me. 
And that's what we have to, and that's what we've lost. Mm -hmm. And yes, I do believe it's part of the Fatima prophecy that there is a war right now mm -hmm. on family. Mm -hmm. And we as parents and grandparents, we need to wake up. We need to heed this warning, especially from you, Dr. Horn, and know this tech talk and that, that we would do this better and reset ourselves. Unfortunately, our time has run out. Thank you for your love for the family because I think that's the essence of this book and for demonstrating that. It's the tech talk. Go to EW10RC.com and have that talk with your family so that you could be all that the Lord has meant for you to be and that your children would be defended and protected. Keep it on EWTN. Bye now.